Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. That's where Calvary Live originates, from the studios of Grace FM. So you guys listening on Grace FM, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is time to call me, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text me, 720-336-0897. You know, when the phone lines are full and we've got a pretty big uh, phone, heavy phone day, I don't get to too many of the text questions, so keep trying, would you please? Um, I do like and prefer to talk on the air especially those challenging, controversial questions. I'd rather talk about them on the air because I'd like to dialogue about them, not just give an answer, uh, because I want to hear different points of view in order to see how we might converge on what the Bible has to say on the topic. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Text me at 720-336-0897. And that is for everyone on Hope FM and Truth FM and various LP FMs around the country. Listen, if you're not listening on Grace FM, you're hearing the show one week delayed. Uh, and what that means is is that uh, the show you're currently hearing, uh, unless you're on Grace FM, was last week's show. However, however, if you call during the show, you will reach the studios and you will get a live, you get to talk live. And then the cool thing is, is if you're on the other side of the country, you can hear yourself on the radio next week. But if you're here in Grace FM, uh, it's all live. So you're on the air, you go right on the air, uh, everything happens live. Unless, uh, like Memorial Day coming up, there's going to be a um, a broadcast. Uh, what do they call the broadcast? They call it uh, an encore presentation. So we won't be in the studio Monday. Church office is closed and radio station will be automated that day. So my name is Ed Taylor. We just started a uh, in-depth study in the book of Daniel. Uh, I intended to, my, and I guess it's still my goal, to take chapters, you know, one or two weeks at a time. But in our Bible study last night, uh, I just couldn't get past verse 8. And I've been using uh, I, I teach and study, and I have for 28 years out of the New King James Version. I actually, on my, that's my Bible, my physical Bible. I've used the same Bible uh, for, since I've been a new believer. Um, the only difference is, is I, when the first one wore out, I bought one, the same exact one, because, you know, you memorize things by where they are on the page, where they are in the Bible. You, you know, you don't just memorize the verses, but you remember, memorize little stars or notes or, hey, that's up on the right-hand side of the page kind of thing. And so I've been using the same version, which was printed in, you know, 92, 93, something, no, probably 92, 
So it's the 1992 version of the New King James, which they've edited a few times. And, and I love it. But, but really, I use um, my computer the most. And I have a lot of her. I have the original Greek open. Even though I'm a Greek scholar, I have some tools to really help me with that. Uh, and then I have the I have different versions open. But with Daniel, I'm doing an experiment, and I'm relying more upon the New Living Translation. It's just so much more readable, so much more relatable. Uh, it makes the Bible um, easier to grasp. We've started buying pew Bibles and Bibles for the back of the chairs in the New Living Translation, and 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 so I'm 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 teaching a hybrid, New Living Translation and New King James, which is kind of cool. It's it's a little bit of a challenge for me, uh, and I like it. And it seems to to really enhance uh, some of the in some of the word choices. Um, and and even on my computer, I have an older version. I'm looking at it. Uh, it says in my in the NLT that's on my old Bible program. Daniel made up his mind not to defile himself, but the newer version of the NLT says he determined, and I like that. In the old, in the New King James, it says he purposed in his heart not to defile himself. Man, I love that. So we we really focused on kids because Daniel last night parenting kids. Uh, we focused on Daniel being a teenager. Uh, probably, you know, there are a lot of guesses from fourteen to sixteen. Uh, would be his age at this time, and I am enjoying it. We're only four studies into it, but I am absolutely enjoying it. Uh, it's a challenge. I'm doing. I'm switching things up a little bit to keep the Bible fresh and keep the delivery fresh. So pray for us, would you? And you can download our church app. Just go to the App Store, whatever App Store you use, and put in Calvary Church. Ed Taylor uh, should bring it up. Uh, Calvary Aurora probably will bring it up too, or just Ed Taylor, and um, it's you can follow along with us. You can watch live with us. Uh, you should download the app anyway. We get a daily encouragement from me. I personally put those in the app, and they shoot out in the morning. Uh, sometimes we'll give you an update. Sometimes we'll invite you to something. Like like we've got a big thing going on, uh, and the phone lines are filling up. And in the beginning of a show, if you're new to Calvary Live. I like to give kind of an introductory monologue uh, while the phone lines fill up and give you time to fill them up. So there is an open line, 303-690-3000. Uh, grab that line. Text me, 720-336-0897. Um, but uh, you want to download the church app and turn on notifications. Uh, and one of the events that we're communicating to you is on June 1st and 2nd here at Calvary Church, we have Dr. Christopher Yuan uh, will be here talking about godly sexuality, speaking directly to the heart of homosexuality, gender identity, uh, sharing his own testimony with his mom on his journey from a, a homosexual agnostic uh, to a doctor, uh, professor in Moody Bible uh, College, you know, University, uh, and his journey of God capturing his heart. You've got to be here that weekend if you're in the metro area. You've got to be at Calvary Church. This is a, an important topic, uh, and we want to equip you. We want to encourage you. We want to prepare you. And we talked to Dr. Yuan. Uh, actually, we talked to his mom uh, as she uh, kind of arranges everything. And she said that she really believes the junior high age kids should be in. It's, 
it's age-appropriate for a junior hire. And I know we've been preparing our parents. Like, look, I know it's uncomfortable, but, man, we can't put our head in the sand. Uh, we just can't do that. We've got to equip our kids. Uh, I can tell you this. If they're in the public school system, they've already been introduced to it, even at a young age, first, second, third grade. I promise you it's already a topic. If they watch the news with you, if they walk through and see the magazines at King Supers or Safeway, like this isn't going away. Um, the, the, I, I was just at Starbucks today buying some syrup, uh, and they have right there, take your pride with you. They have a rainbow-colored coffee mug that's right there on the counter at the Starbucks and the King Supers. Um, and and I, I think we need to give a biblical worldview and equip our kids to know their identity in Christ, but also to be loving vessels of the gospel to those that disagree. And that's, that's listen, that's God's call upon our lives, to be a loving vessel to those that disagree uh, and to dialogue with them. And I want to recommend something before you. I'm going to jump right to the phone lines. Uh, go to our app, Calvary. Go to the app store, download it, Calvary Church. Uh, we're we're almost uh, we're we're well over twenty thousand downloads now. Uh, God is using it greatly. Um, our new podcast is there, and and how to connect with us is available on that app. And download it. Turn on notifications. Go to the media section, the Bible study section, and just go to the search bar and put the word homosexual in it. And there is uh, a Bible study I shared. It's a simple one. Uh, surrounding David and uh, Jonathan, and I refute the um, accusation that David and Jonathan in the Bible were homosexual. I refute that completely. I refute the use of Leviticus and how um, some will say, well, you know, if we're going to follow Leviticus, then we can't eat certain foods. Or I, I refute that nonsense as well. And then I spend the last time speaking to those of you listening um, I speak to you directly because I know that many listen and are wrestling in this area of their life. I speak to you directly about the love of Jesus Christ and, and how difficult it must be uh, to be confused and to wonder who you are and, and to, to wrestle with the reality of temptation and sin. Listen, we all have sinned. Uh, while this area, homosexuality, was not, not or ever an issue with me, I believe me. Uh, was a rank sinner before I got saved. I mean, I'm still a wretched sinner saved by grace, but I am nothing like I was before I even, before I got saved. Nothing. I, the old man is dead, but that old man needed to die. And I was a tormented man with the sin in my life. And I know that many of you listening are a tormented man and woman with the things that you're wrestling with. So jot it down June 1st and 2nd. We have Saturday night, Sunday morning services here at Calvary. Dr. Christopher Yuan, that's Y-U-A-N. Uh, he wrote a book out of a far country. It's his testimony. And he also wrote another book called Godly Sexuality or Biblical Sexuality. I'm not sure which, but you can look it up on Amazon, Y-U-A-N. We'll have all his resources available that weekend as well. You got to be here. There's just, there's just something you got to equip yourself and be prepared to disciple your family, uh, maybe even for you uh, to, to grow in grace. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, glad you joined us. We're going to go right to Conifer, Colorado. Matt is on line one. Matt, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey. 
Hey, just want to say thank you for all you do. I'm a great listener pretty much every day. I've got you guys tuned into my work truck, and right on. I have yet to make it to any Grace or Calvary services, but I very much consider myself part of your guys' fellowship, and just thank God for you guys and all that you do. Well, we are, you are very welcome, and we appreciate your prayer and, and your support because uh, we're grateful to have we're grateful to have Grace FM. Likewise, likewise. So, well, I had a prayer request for you today. Okay. Um, more or less, um, so I'm an excavator. I work in the dirt world, construction, which is kind of a rough-and-tumble type crowd that you meet anyway. So I just try to take it with me every day, knowing that we can serve God in our work and just try to be a light, try to be positive, try to be that good influence. And, um, you know, every now and then you just have bad days at work. And today we had a day where, you know, we hit some utilities with an excavator, which you never want to do. And I also got hit by a tractor today, which I've been doing this stuff all my life, and accidents happen, and had it gone one way or the other, I easily could have been killed. So I was just very compelled to want to reach out and ask for a prayer request just uh, to protect me and my friends at work. Um, You know, we're doing this stuff every day, and I just ultimately don't feel like without God's grace or protection, you know, we're just hanging on by a thread every day. So... Uh, we got to finish that hole tomorrow, and we're going to be in the ground working on some utilities. And, yeah, just wanted to throw it out there for a prayer request for me and the boys and any of the other guys that are in this type of an industry where ultimately every day we leave the house, and without God, ooh, it just, it's a little scary. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Father, I pray for my brother Matt, and uh, thank you for his brotherhood and uh, for his encouragement. Uh, I pray, God, that you would protect him as he's in a very dangerous part of the workplace. He has uh, dangerous responsibilities, even making mistakes and as a team now and then, Lord. And I thank you for sparing his life, keeping him. You know, we're, we're very appreciative, God. We, we, um, we just find ourselves uh, not appreciating you and attributing to you uh, your faithfulness uh, more and more. And, and I pray that you would continue to use Matt, that you would continue to establish him. Get him through a tough day, Lord. Bring him around that you might uh, use him as a light uh, on the job and that he, God, would continue to give you glory in all that he does. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, buddy. Stay in touch. All right, right, will do. Have a good day, Ed. Bye-bye. You know, it is one—I just—I think—I know I'm learning more and more uh, that I I don't give God the glory enough. Uh, I'll give God— the glory occasionally. Sometimes I'm better than others, but I'll, I'll also say, well, you know, I figured that out, or I read about that, or I learned about that. And while that's partially true, God is the author. He's every, the Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes from our Father above, Father of lights. And you could hear the emotion in Matt, you know, that God spared his life today in this very dangerous you know, kind of take it for granted. Um, and I, I was, I, f- I should have talked to Matt, he already hung up, but um, in our neighborhood, our internet went down, our high-speed internet went down because somewhere in this region, uh, the same deal, they cut they cut a, um, oh man, what do they call it? A fiber cable. And we're on this little um, neighborhood thing, this neighborhood Facebook type thing. And and I mean, people are flipping out. Uh, like you, you think that they lost everything uh, because they. 
and they're just complaining and mad and I want my $1.30 for this day's internet and on and on and on and and forget the human side of it. It was a mistake. And I mean, I, I'm sure the person that did it uh, regrets it, didn't want it to happen, but things happen. And I love what Jesus, what we, what Peter taught us. You know, I love what the Holy Spirit taught us where the Bible just says love covers a multitude of sins. You know, we love is the lubricant that covers these minor difficulties, or in this case, Matt's life being spared. So we praise God for that. Back to Aurora, Colorado. Dwight is on line two. Dwight, welcome to the program. Hey, Dwight, how you doing? We lost Dwight, but I'm going to answer his questions because they are very clear on the call screen. Why did God instruct the death of the Canaanite women and children? Um, that's a great question, and the the Bible answer to it is that God is the author of life and can require life at any moment. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all life, man, woman, child, is belong it comes from God belongs to God so a real simple bible answer is that life belongs to God he can call it home at any time that he wants it does pose a difficulty in our logical thinking because it's hard to conceive in our minds how God would order the extinction of the amalekites um i'm, I'm looking at for, you know first samuel 15 um, the, the, this is the place where critics love to undermine the sense of a just, righteous God. But um, the important thing for me is that I don't know why God does all the things that he does, why, why he allows other things, why, why he doesn't allow things. But I do know God, <clears throat> and I do trust him. And I want you to remember, this wasn't like, this, this wasn't a horrific uh, instruction of God to uh, randomly take out uh, certain, you know, people. This was a military campaign. The Amalekites were a vicious, cruel, heartless people. They wanted to exterminate the Jewish race and weren't just waging war on people, but against God himself. They engaged in very vile, wicked, false idol worship. They offered their children up as living sacrifices. Listen to me. They offered their children up. The moms and the dads killed their own children. The path that they were on surely would have ended in destruction. And the command is not unparalleled in 1 Samuel. We see a command in the book of Genesis for judgment to come. And those that would turn to him were spared. And that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal of God is for men and women, boys and girls, to turn to him. And God was patient with the Amalekites for thousands of years before this occurred. And even at the point of entry, repentance could have come. Surrender could have come. But they rebelled and refused. And the order in the military campaign was to not leave them to, re, to, to repopulate the earth. God knew the results, what the results would be if they didn't completely take them out. And of course, Saul the king did not, um, Saul the king did not take them all out. 
Because remember, he spared Agag and others. And Samuel took care of that. Um, whether it's the Canaanites, whether it's the Gibeonites, whether it's any of the ites, they were God-haters, unwilling to yield to the work of God. And over time, over a long extension of gracious waiting, they failed to surrender their lives to God, and they died, which would have been the case anyway. Um, to the question, and this is going to be hard for some of you to hear, but let's let the Bible say what it says. Why would God order the death of innocent children is often the, 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 the answer or the question that's asked. Number one, children are not innocent. Everyone is born into sin. Number two, these particular children would have grown up to be evil, wicked, vile, child-sacrificing adults. And thirdly, these children would have grown up to be resentful and evil. And then the final question I think we can ask is, why doesn't God do that today? Which is a great question. I I hope everyone that's being asked this question would take it to the cross because the, the reason why this isn't an order today is because Jesus Christ took, you know, we have to turn, we have to turn the, uh, these questions back to the essence of the question. Why, why we, we, we ask the question, why would God order the death of the Amalekites, the uh, Canaanites, women and children, etc.? It's so unfair. And while we're talking about unfairness, we have to ask the question then, why did Jesus Christ die a sinless death, taking upon himself all the sins of the world? Um, and, and why would God offer up his son as a sacrifice for you and me, that, those of us that, all of us that didn't deserve it? So, great question. Uh, next time, we could talk about it. Uh, uh, the other question was, will there be procreation during the millennium? Yes. All right, let's move on to line three. We have an open line. Morgan's in Castle Rock. Morgan, welcome to the program. How's it going? What's up? Uh, I've been reading this book called uh, The Cost of Discipleship. I don't know if you've read it. Um, I have, Bonhoeffer. Yeah, and it was saying how Bonhoeffer's dramatic decision to become a spy and enter a conspiracy to kill Hitler uh, had been a debate. And he said that he believed God would have defended the innocent even if it meant becoming involved with killing Hitler. And then it goes on to say, but David's killing of Goliath was not something David ever repented of. And those who have valued the teaching of the Bible have never seen that victory as an act of murder. And I just wanted to know if God really would defend that or not. You know, that's a, that's a good question. I think God would be on the side of the innocent. He's on, he's on the side of the widow and the orphan. And uh, I know that with, a decision like that, I believe God would honor the man, the woman that would step in to protect innocent life. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. And, and I think on a personal level, um, I would take my chances standing before God to protect the lives of the innocent personally. I think I'd take my chances. Yeah, that's a very good point. Just like Jesus did. Yes, I mean, I, I think it's easiest, easier for us to talk about it. You know, we weren't put in a place like Bonhoeffer, but, but I do believe at the heart, in the heart of every true believer, 
that is indwelt by the Holy Spirit has a desire to protect those that don't have a voice. It has a desire for life, has a desire to stand for the weak. I, uh, it, may, it may be stronger in others, you know, in some than others, um, but I, I believe, you know, and, and I want you to, to, I think it's great, the question actually, uh, you know, comes on the heels of that previous question with the Amalekites and the Canaanites. Remember, what we're talking about with Hitler and also what we're talking about with David and Goliath are military expeditions. Mm-hmm. The, these are not, this is not like, uh, although I think I can make the case for the personal side of it, but they're military campaigns. These are these are wars. This is a, this is within the context of war, um, and and you have to keep that in mind when you you know probably we don't think about David very very often because David was defending the nation, and we just kind of I think that's an assumption that is made that doesn't make it because um, that's a great point that's being made in that book. But it's just we we don't talk about it much because he's doing it in the context of defending the nation. Yeah, and having faith that. You wouldn't want to see innocent people die. Yes, and I, I think too another reason why um, another reason why I think we um, we look at this would be the the reality of um, uh, that God vindicated David. So there's really not much to talk about because God vindicated him in the battle. So you still there? Well, thanks, Morgan. Great question. We got. A lot, um, a lot of open lines now. We went through all the calls, but we're almost at the halfway point of the the halfway point of the show. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. The again, we have to keep in mind uh, the context at least as we're attempting to answer questions, some of these hard philosophical questions that that we want a biblical answer to, we have to keep the context in mind. It it helps. It may not resolve all the tension. That's another problem that we have as humans. We want to remove the tension from the answers. And God doesn't want us to remove the tension. Tension causes us to cry out to God in faith. And if you can explain all the tension away, then then you're not... you're, you're, You're... forgetting about the mystery of God. There are things about God's ways that we don't know. His ways are not our ways. He told us that. He said, look, I want you to understand something. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And there's just some things in the eternal mind of God that we're not going to grasp until we wake up in his presence. Um, 303-690-3000 is the number. We have completely or complete open lines. Would you take them while you can, while they're open? Um, Pastor Ed, I'm a hospice nurse, new to this state. I'm reading a text where physician aid in dying is legal. It is my job to care for people who are dying, but I'm not sure how comfortable I am being present when they take medication to expedite God's process. I'm not sure how I feel, how to feel about this. I would never be the one administering the medication uh, they have to be able to self-administer it, but it feels sort of like I'm supporting suicide if I'm there. My conflict is is that it's my job to provide the best care for people who are dying, and does the cause of death matter? Do you have any thoughts on this? This is such a great question, 
and I am going to I'm not going to try to speed through the answer because I have some own my own I have some biblical opinions and I also have a personal opinion as we had to watch our son lie in hospice um, under the under the care of great sedation um, you know he was he was so heavily drugged he would never have a chance to wake up and we had to make a choice of whether to be there at his side and I think you know the answer to that but I'll explain when we get back to the top of the hour uh, because it would have never been our choice uh, to uh, have him it, it's not our it was it was not our choice to have him so heavily sedated that he had no chance of waking up uh, and it was hard to see and it was hard to watch and it was hard to be there uh, but I'll talk to you on that piece where you're at too because I think it, our reasoning will overlap my name is Ed Taylor we'll be back in just a minute this is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of the program today. You're listening to Calvary Live, originating from the studios of Grace FM right here in Aurora, Colorado. Had a freak snowstorm this week. I'm actually looking at some pictures of one of our former uh, station managers sent me some pictures, uh, Frank, of how the branches broke and fell on his car, at least probably his son's car, uh, because the snow this late in the season, which is the latest I can ever think of, is so heavy and nasty. Um, although it snowed on Monday and I didn't have to mow the lawn. <laughs> so I'm I'll make light of it, but I, I'm not a big, those of you that know me know I'm not a big snow fan. And we have an open line here, 303-690-3000. Before the break, uh, I, we were talking, actually I was reading a text. Uh, what happened to that text? Um, there it is. Let me read it again if you just joined us on the second half. Just drop, jump into the car, heading home. Hey Ed, I'm a pastor. I'm, hey, Ed, hey, Pastor Ed, I'm a hospice nurse, new to the state, where physician aid in dying is legal. It is my job to take care of people who are dying, but I'm not sure how comfortable I am being present when they take medication to expedite God's process. I'm not sure how to feel about this. I would never be the one administrating the medication. They have to be able to self-administer, but it still feels sort of like I'm supporting suicide if I'm there. My conflict is that it's my job to provide the best care for people who are dying. Uh, does the cause of death matter? Do you have any thoughts on this? I don't know. Maybe it's a dumb question. I just feel such a struggle over the topic that no one should have to die alone. So you have quite a few things that you're wrestling with and I think the summary of your answer would be in your question I I have a strong uh, I struggle with the topic and I don't think anyone should have to die alone and that's really your role as a hospice nurse is to help people in the final stages of their life for example I'm sure that in the hospice care you minister to people that are there because 
of some sinful act uh, that like perhaps a drug overdose or something that that permanently damaged their bodies and their minds and they were put in hospice for the final days of their and 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 you still care for them um, I, I believe there's a couple of biblical tr- truths there um, obviously the the one that comes to mind is that if something is a sin to you then it's sin and so you don't want to make a decision against your conscience. However, your role, the way you describe it and the way I understand it, is absolutely needed in a time like this. And your love and compassion and care is so needed in a time like this. And if it's not a sin to you, then uh, you, you absolutely have to do it. I mean, only because that's what you're called to do. That's where your heart is. That's your compassion. I mentioned in the first half of the program, our son was in hospice. Uh, The choice was made uh, to put him in hospice and to heavily sedate him uh, and minimize his feeding to almost nothing uh, so that he would just live out whatever final days he uh, he had in hospice. And, And that was done against my his wife i mean, my my wife and and i just decision we we wanted uh, him not to be there hospices for those that are dying not living and we certainly didn't want him so sedated that he couldn't wake up he had no chance of waking up uh, and that's how my son spent the final hours of his life uh, and so now we're faced with uh, is he just going to be in an empty room is that it? Is that it? Is that really the way it's going to be? Just put him there and be in an empty room. Uh, then maybe someone will visit him for an hour and then leave like someone. And we're like, no way. Even though we absolutely didn't want to see him there uh, and absolutely didn't want him there, we were there. We were there. And I think you can be there without approving of the reason why a person is there, if that makes sense. I believe you can be there to be the compassionate agent of love without in any way approving the, the person self-administrating. I mean, it could be your compassionate love that changes their mind. Uh, it could be your compassionate love that, that relieves pressure and burdens. Um, and, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate and we face a lot of hard, unfortunate situations. But to know that my wife and I and some very dear friends of ours were there within a few hours of our son passing is very special to me. Um, I mean, when you don't have a choice in the matter, you don't have a choice of how to, what to care for your son, any medical care for your son, and all the decisions of being made against what he would want and what his family wants, um, we want to be there. And you know, they'd only it only really put God to the <clears throat> it put the situation to a opportunity of a greater miracle, uh, and and although that greater miracle didn't happen, um, instead he entered into the presence of the Lord, not without us being there, and our dear friends being there, super loving, caring people that would be at the bedside, even though no one approved of how he got there. Um, we, our presence there did not approve of all the decisions that got him there. And I think your presence there uh, would not approve of what's happening there. 
And so unless it's a sin to you, like unless you really, it's okay to struggle with these things. It's okay to wrestle with them. It's okay to pray through them. It's okay to um, bring them before the Lord in prayer. But I know that you're more value to Jesus Christ there. I mean, I think of even a greater loss, Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. He was there illegally. He was there unjustly. And it was all wrong. It was all wrong. The government was doing that to Jesus Christ. The government. I believe you would be at the cross. Just reading your note, I believe you'd be at the cross. And so I know you're going to pick this up on podcast uh, because we're texting, but I wanted to give you a thorough answer, not just a texting answer, and to let you know that your question has a lot of nuance to it that's ministering to many people listening in. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go back to the phone lines uh, in Longmont, Colorado. It looks like it's Daisy. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, what's up? Um... So, um, the Bible talks about sin and how there is severe punishment for our sin. And yet when we are saved, um, we don't go to hell. However... Hey, Daisy, Daisy, can you do me a favor and turn your radio down? Yes, yes. That's kind of... Okay, sorry. Um, so... (laughs) Okay, Um... So, I'm just wondering if even after we're saved and yet and we still sin, do we have a chance of going to hell, or what do you think that the punishment is when we sin and after we're saved? Well, the punishment for sin is always meted out at the cross. So the punishment, the wrath of God, eternal judgment has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. So that what you and I deal with today when it comes to sin is not the wrath of God or the judgment of God. It's the consequence of stupid decisions. Does that make sense? Yes. So before you were saved, before you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, before you were born again, when you sinned, you just did what came natural to you. And you lived in sin. You lived under the weight of sin. And every day, every moment of your life, you lived with the penalty of weight of sin. So you you lived not only with the consequences of sin, but you also lived with the eternal consequences of sin. Now, being born again, you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now you no longer live with the eternal ramifications of sin, but you definitely live with the temporary ramifications of sin that we often refer to as consequences. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. So then I hear a little question in your mind, in your your response. What is a follow-up that you're thinking right now? What what is it that you're not fully grasping? Well, I mean, my intuition just tells me that um, even though I'm saved, that I still might go to hell because I still sin. Like okay. I still, um, I still drink uh, probably three nights a week, and I okay. Um, so I and it just is heavy on my heart. Um, so I'm let's not... talk about drinking for a second. What, what is it about drinking that makes you think 
uh, it's going to send you to hell? Um, because it, the Bible says that I will have consequences for it. Okay, well, here's what the Bible has to say about alcohol. The Bible never forbids drinking alcohol. What the Bible forbids is drunkenness. And okay. so are, would you say the three nights a week you're drinking, you're actually out partying and getting drunk and everything that goes with that? Oh, no. I, it's just by myself. I, I okay. drink like not even – I'm not ever drunk. But it's just okay. um, just so by then, myself. Let, but I uh, – Okay, let's talk uh, about this for I a second also, because I, – Let's not move on to really anything. Let's start with this one. Okay. Let's, okay. let's just stay here for a second because I want to help okay. you think this through. Before you were born again, you didn't ask questions like this. I'm sure. No. I'm sure you didn't care uh, in that respect where there was no tension when it came to drinking. But I want to point out to you that there's tension now where you're actually really examining your behavior. You're really thinking about it. And this particular behavior is troubling you. And, and, and uh, you know, from my perspective, um, while I understand what the Bible says, that it's not a sin to drink, I, don't, I think it's just wise to stay away from it completely. Um, because where it can take you, you know, it's not wise to be involved in things that can take you under its power. And and it's not going to send you to, to hell. Um, this addiction, this habit, it's not going to send you to hell. But I'll tell you what it's doing to you. It's going to torment you. And it's going to bother you. And this is part of growing in Jesus Christ, where God brings things to our attention so that we'll deal with them. And literally, it may be, and I want you to ask God and pray about this, if God's not leading you to turn away and leave alcohol behind in your past. And, you know, if you're drinking because it, it takes the edge off anxiety, God has an answer for anxiety. If you're drinking because it's a habit, well, God has a way to break habits. If you're, I mean, just think of the, just think of the drinking for a moment. If you just took the money that you spent on alcohol and you gave it to a missionary, I mean, wouldn't that just be so cool to know that God took something from your past and now is using it for the kingdom of God? Yeah, I've, I've actually thought about I thought about that this morning, actually, about if I had only uh, given away, given to my church, because my church is very poor, and if I had yes. given them the money that I use on alcohol, how, how awesome that would be. And, and I'm just laying these before you so you know that the, the kind of torment that you're under, or just the worry that you have, hell has been taken care of by Jesus Christ. He, you're, the only way that you and I will avoid eternal separation from God is because of the finished work of Jesus. And as believers, you sin and I sin. It's part of our human nature. Yeah, as a matter of fact, one of the most famous guys in the whole Bible, his name is Paul. Are you familiar with Paul? Yes. Let me let's listen to him describe his life at a point in time when he wrote the book of Romans. He describes his life this way. It's pretty amazing. Uh let me get over to it. I'm gonna read it to you from the New Living Translation. It says this I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing that I hate. I know perfectly well what I'm doing is wrong, 
and my bad conscience shows that I agree that the law is good, but I can't help myself because it's in the it's because it's sin inside of me that makes me do these evil things. He says, I know that I'm rotten through and through so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. And then he goes on to the, he finally gets to the end where he says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life dominated by sin? That's a, that's Paul the Apostle describing his life. Oh, that's a wonderful verse that just like hits, hits home per- perfectly. What is the verse again, Paul? So it's, it's Romans chapter 7. Okay. Verses 14 to the end of the chapter. And, and here's the way you got to read it, okay? Because this is Romans 7, and he describes this struggle. But in the very last verse, I stopped short because there's one more verse. He says, I thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. And then he says this, chapter 8, because this is how I, I just taught a study. If you go... Um, I just taught a series of studies. Let me find my phone here. And it, it was called, What Do I Do With My Past? And I just felt like in our church, we've had a lot of people that were asking questions just like yours. And it's like, man, what do I do in my past? I still feel like I'm a rotten sinner. And what do I do? And what does the Bible have to say? And I, I went to Romans 7 and we taught through this because you can either live there in the struggle or you can choose to le- live in chapter 8 of Romans, where Paul says, there's no condemnation for those that belong to Jesus Christ, because this power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And it's just, where do you want to live? Do you want to live in the struggle, or do you want to live in the victory? It's your choice. Hmm. And I have to say, right now, you and I know there's other things um, that you wanted to mention you're wrestling with, but I think the first one you shared is enough, because Right now, I can tell you, not even knowing you, not having ever met you, but I can say this with absolute assurance, at least three times a week, you choose to live in Romans chapter 7. You willingly choose it. You don't, you're not made to do it. Nobody's, you know, twisting your arm. You just choose to do it, and then it just jacks you up because you know that you, it would be better for you to leave it behind. Yeah, that self-conscious... just gets the best of me and it's it makes it not even worth it um but i also remember reading in the bible a long time ago something about how no sin is worse than than the other i don't know if that's true or not but it kind of if it's if it's about my alcohol uh concerning the alcohol i feel it's concerning the other issues in my life i feel the outcome is going to be the same. You know, it's kind of like, and let, let me let me give you a kind of a, a, a crazy picture of this, but you know, and it's sad that they do this, but you, you know how the circuses train elephants. They, they chain, they put a chain around their big leg and they're chained to this little pole. Have you ever seen that before? Yes. They're, they're, they're chained to this little pole, and it's horrible. I just saw a commercial. That's why it's fresh on my mind. Somebody raising money for animals, and they showed this picture of an elephant <laughs> that was chained to a little stick, like a little stick. Oh. And, and here is, but the thing is this. 
here is this massive, powerful, I mean, who, he could, this, this animal could crush heads with that leg, could knock down walls, could run through and do, I mean, it's, this animal is so strong, but they got into its head and they feel a little resistance on that little pole. I mean, they could snap that pole in a heartbeat and run away. Yeah. Why don't they do that? Because it's in their head. And I have found so many issues in my life, and I'm hearing issues in your life, that it's in your head. And and it's important that you find yourself renewing your mind with the truth of God's Word, because when you change your thinking, your behavior will follow. And, and your thinking has to be centered on what God has to say about you, the power that God has given to you, the very presence of God inside of you. And, you know, you, you can continue to live the way you are as a believer, but you'll just be miserable. And who wants to be miserable? I don't want to be miserable. I want to enjoy what God has for me, and the way of joy comes through submission and obedience. So here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to email me because I think you're in a perfect position to start this basic Bible study that will give you some new training to get into the Bible every day. And okay. it'll take you about 15 minutes or so a day. It's not much. Um, and it'll introduce you to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to the power of the Spirit, to the topic of grace. And and if you email me, I'll um, I'll respond to that email with a link so you can have some resources that will start you along the way to um, to begin this process of enjoying the victory that's yours. Okay. So you ready to write down an email address? Yes, I'm ready. You can send it to Pastor Ed, P-A-S-T-O-R-E-D, at calvaryaurora.org. All right. So I want to give you I want to give you one more thing. I want to give you one more thing. I just felt like the Lord put this on my heart, okay? For let's say what are we in the month of May, right? So the yeah. month of yeah. June. Here here's what I'll do. For the month of June, any money that you save by choosing not to sin. Okay, any money you save and I'll just trust you, it'll be on the honor system that you choose when you, when you turn away from sin, any money you choose to save and give to your church, I'll match it. Oh, wow. For the month of June. And so, you know, your church is, is um, lacking resources, so I'll partner with you. Uh, Calvary, our church, will partner with you. And anything you save, if it's a dollar, then we'll match it. If it's 100 bucks, we'll match it. Whatever it is, we will match it just to kind of come alongside of you and show you the value that you have in Jesus Christ and how important you are. And even a dollar could be $2 for your church. But I think it's in, I hear you, even though I don't see you, I hear you, and I hear a very strong, godly woman inside of you. You do? I do. Yes, uh -huh. I do. Everything you said has just been... Um... I don't know how to explain it, but 
even the analogy of the elephant is, is just what I needed to hear, I guess. Um, thank you. You're welcome. You know, in God Jesus so Christ, good. you can do this. I, I, you, you have all the power that raised Jesus from the dead inside of you. And so do I. And I look at some of the things that I've overcome in Christ, like alcohol. I've been sober 28 years, like drugs. I've been sober 28 years. Um, I'm even in my life, you know, the, the, um, I used to be a very angry man, like violently angry. And I still get, you know, angry from time to time, but God has dealt a death blow. I mean, I used to not care. And literally, I didn't care about anybody or anything. And then when I got saved, God changed me from the inside out. And, it, you know, it doesn't always happen as fast as we want it. And then we make stupid mistakes and we feel like we're failures and like we're not making progress at all. But it's, it's all not true. They're all just lies. It's just a lie. You, you, you wouldn't even be thinking this way or asking these questions if you weren't a believer. No, it's. Well, I I just got saved fairly recently too. I mean, it's only been probably two months since I've been saved, and but it's been the most powerful two months of my life. It's I, I have done. I have changed so much, and. It's just been my heart that's changed, and I can't yes. believe I didn't believe in Jesus before yeah. before this. And, and, and the packet that I'm going to send you is going to help you learn. Um, it's it's going to help you understand. You know, reading the Bible uh, isn't just like a uh, learning exercise. It's really uh, the God's tool to help you fall in love with Jesus. Because you know how it is when you fall in love with someone. When you're in love, you know, even the love of a family or the love of a friendship, love changes us. And the more you love Jesus, the more you'll enjoy all that he wants to do in your life. Yeah, I feel like the more I know, the more I can love him because, you know, I'm very ignorant. And when it when it comes to the Bible and, and how much I know about God, so... I feel the more I end up learning, the more I, my love is going to grow. And that's, yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, and we all started out this way. When I walked into a church and and I received uh, the gospel and was convicted of my sin and was born again, literally, literally, you 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 got to believe this. It's it's one hundred percent true. I'm not exaggerating at all. I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to be a son. I didn't know how to be a, um, uh, let's see, dad, father, son, every role, a man, husband, a uh, good employee. I, I was such, um, for a lack of a better word, I was such a loser. And I was destroying my life and destroying everyone's life around me because of my sinful choices. I was abusive. I was drunk most of the time. I I was just I was driving drunk. I was getting arrested. I didn't know. You would think I was twenty three years old. You would think that I would know things by then, but I didn't. I was a, I was just gone. And the gospel. It took time. I had a lot to learn. It, it took time. I didn't learn it overnight. I mean it. I'm still learning things. God is still teaching me, and I've been walking with him for 28 years. But 
I just know that I, I know my story is not unique, and God is already doing that work of change in you. So we're coming up to the end of the show. Email me. I'll take care of all that stuff via email. So just email me and remind me of this conversation, and um, we'll connect in July and see what uh, we're going to do to support your church. That's fantastic, uh, Pastor Ed. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you Stay so in much. Stay in touch. And, um, all right. I will. Bye-bye. Wow. Man, I love doing this show. I love serving the Lord in Denver, and I uh, love you guys on the East Coast. Um, uh, we did want to uh, clarify for you that that offer was just for her. So we just I got a note here from our producer. Just make sure it's just for her. Um, but um, I, do want, I do just felt like it was from the Lord to come alongside of her and encourage her. And, um, you know, if you give to the ongoing work of Grace FM, you give your tithes and offerings through Calvary Aurora, a lot of stuff happens. And a lot of people are affirmed in their faith, a lot of benevolence and ministry, and a lot goes forth, um, just like in your church. So when you give to your local church of your tithe, your church is doing the work of the ministry in the community. Uh, when you give to the ongoing work of Grace FM, uh, you are multiplying every dollar that you get to Grace FM is multiplied in ministry all throughout the city from a guy on a backhoe to a gal who's a new believer to a gal that's wrestling with hospice as a hospice nurse I mean I am so privileged um, to be a part of your life so thanks a lot for allowing me to be a part of small part of the big work that God's doing we'll see you this weekend at Calvary special message I don't even know what it is yet I'm still praying <laughs> but we'll be there this weekend Saturday, 6 o'clock, Sunday morning, 845, 1045. Go to calvaryco.church. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.